because I, I knew people, they were struggling on a deeper level, mentally, emotionally. So what yeah. they needed was not to learn how to get more Beachbody clients to, to sign up under them. They need right. mental and emotional support. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody, and happy Tuesday. Hope you are doing amazing. Before we dive in today, being that this is airing on October 18th, we have just kicked off our legendary lead generation training, and I just wanted to remind you about it because you can still come in and join us if you would like to. This is a daily live training that's happening this week, so we kicked off yesterday's class on the 17th, if you are listening to this in real time. So this is primarily for practitioners and coaches and women in the business space, especially in the online business space. And you are just feeling a bit stuck and overwhelmed with getting to that next level of business. We're diving into all of it in the legendary lead generation training. So yes, of course, we're talking about getting leads. We're talking about building confidence and sales, creating and crafting a social media strategy and content calendar, what it really means to show up as a CEO in your business and how to understand the basics of marketing and identify some of the gaps that you are currently experiencing both in your business, but also within your mindset. So it's a really powerful week. I'd love for you to join me. It's totally free. And if you'd like to head on over and access our trainings and join me live every day, you can do so by heading to holisticwellness.ca forward slash lead gen workshop. So lead L-E-A-D gen G-E-N workshop, and you can sign up there. All right. So switching gears and diving into our podcast today, I'm really excited to be interviewing my friend, Eddie. I'm totally not going to say his last name because I will 1000% butcher it. I've known Eddie for many years and he is just a great human being. And after close to a decade of owning and operating a restaurant and nightclub, Eddie experienced a health and lifestyle crisis. A rock bottom moment became the catalyst for moving him into the health and fitness industry and opening a gym. I have seen all the amazing transformations and growth that he has been through and how he has started in the restaurant and nightclub space and then went into the gym space. He also became like a really top coach within Beachbody. Like he has lived so many, so many lives. And unfortunately, there was a sudden death in his family, and that caused Eddie to take a two and a half year healing sabbatical. And he returned home with a wealth of Eastern medicine and indigenous healing wisdom that he now incorporates into his work. He lives in Toronto and works from his urban home sanctuary where clients come and shed layers of mental and emotional stress in a safe and supportive environment. The services he provides are body work, breath work, and he's also a psychedelic facilitator. So we really dive deep into his story and all the transformations he's been through, all the lives that he has lived and what it's been like really at first building this outer world of his and then really going inward and starting to connect to that inner world. We talk about why so many people in today's modern society are struggling with so many mental and physical health challenges. We talk about some really impactful health-promoting tools that he uses in his practice and how he got into the field of psychedelics. And just so that you know, there are some sensitive subjects like suicide that we do talk about in our episode today. So I just wanted you to be aware of that before you listen. And as always, if that is an area that you feel triggered by or need support by, please do reach out to find support. 
um, as you are not alone in that process, nor do you have to be. And there are many places and people that you can turn to. So I just wanted to share that. So let's dive in to my interview with Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. Hello, Sam. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited. We have got so many things to dive into today. I feel like there's going to be so much storytelling. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. And before we do that, I would love it if you can share with our audience more about who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, fast forward to today, I'm a psychedelic facilitator, um, breathwork and bodywork facilitator. Um, but before then, I lived multiple lives in this lifetime. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. So we're going to take it all the way back. I've known you for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you've lived multiple lifetimes and <laughs> I've seen all the evolutions of you and your business and your personal mm -hmm. growth and all of the things. And it's been amazing. And so I would love to take it back to your restaurant nightclub days when you owned a restaurant and a nightclub let's let's start there tell us tell us how that all started and happened okay uh first i'm gonna plant a seed where we're gonna work towards yes <laughs> becoming an inner architect because when i first started my journey i i considered myself like an outer architect building my external world because uh just from a young age i grew up in the restaurant industry uh several aunts had restaurants and i worked in all positions and um, build that foundation of like entrepreneurship. So once I graduated from high school, decided to take um, just a short six month course at Westervelt's uh, hospitality management. And then right after I completed that, I actually built my business plan in school <laughs> with mm -hmm. that intention. Awesome. Um, and that was only to secure a loan, <laughs> like a family right. loan. My mom, she's like, I'm not going to just give you money to open a restaurant. Right. You have to prove that this is what you really want to do. Um, so I had some of my own money saved up. I went through schooling and I received that family loan. Opened my first restaurant in London, downtown London. It's called Typhoon. Little play on words, Typhoon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still running. I sold it to my aunt and uncle after nine years, and they've actually expanded it to two locations now. So we've got a location downtown and one in Masonville Mall, which is also uh, like a bar vibe, much bigger. Um, so we got two locations now. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. And then where did the nightclub fit into all of this? Nightclub. Um, so this is around. 23 years of age. So I opened the restaurant when I was 19, um, opened the nightclub when I was 23. Wow. I, I, I just came out. I came out to my friends, my family. I uh, started going to some of the um, LGBTQ um, events and clubs. And they're fun, a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but a lot of dives. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to, to make, you know, a beautiful space home, not only for myself, but for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, so that seed was planted after, yeah, I started going out and decided there was definitely a need. Um, so I purchased, I had a, a building purchased already for um, my own residence. There's a three level um, building in downtown London. I renovated the second and the third floor for residents. And then I was going to lease out the main floor, but um that's when I decided to put the club in there rather than going elsewhere. I had a, right. had a space. Um, so yeah, I got the entire um, space on the main floor and used the, uh, the money and the profits from the restaurant to start building the nightclub and um, began that journey. So I ran them simultaneously. My brother actually purchased in the, the restaurant and then he managed it. Uh, while I was doing the nightclub. That's so wild. You like really started your entrepreneurial journey at such a young age. It's crazy. Like you just knew like this is this is the life for me, entrepreneurship. I want to own things and do things in my own way. Was that always like something that you knew? It was. My my aunt who I worked for really encouraged me as well cuz um she knew I had this like innate um, drive and ability to create, to, um, 
make my ideas and visualizations come true. Um, everything from like just recipes to to cocktails to um, decor. My aunts always ask for my input, awesome. and that was my own that was my feedback. My own feedback, where like you know what, maybe I do have something, and I I, I love to develop and build something on my own. Right. Um, so it was a big learning experience, um, but I feel like that's the best way. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. First, firsthand, because uh, the schooling was great. It gave me the basics, the um, the fundamentals. But going through the process, um, that was my best teacher. Yeah, of course, it always is, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. So then, what happened? You totally pivoted and mm-hmm. left the nightclub space and the restaurant space. What What did your journey? Where did it take mm-hmm. you next? Mm-hmm. Journey took me next to gutting out the second floor of my building, uh, kicking my brother out because that's where he lived. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I opened a gym. So I'll tell you how that came to be. uh, Interesting story. So after my partner and I broke up, I think I was around 26 years old. Yeah, 25, 26 year old. I went, I spiraled down into some depression, a lot of health issues, was not taking care of my health. Um... So just frequent bouts of infections, sinus infections, pneumonia, bronchitis, um, a lot of acne. I was on medication for acne, Accutane, Mm -hmm. antibiotics, a bunch of creams. And then after he um, and I broke up, went down into a bit of a depression. So it took eight months for me to really just climb back out into a good stable place and Right. I owe that to my personal trainer. <laughs> I, I got a personal trainer um, at Good Life and we just worked. Yeah, we worked on the physical body and it built my confidence up because at that time I wasn't overweight, but I I could tell like I was really inflamed and unhealthy. So I, I was right. able to make some um, big nutritional changes with his help, um, lose, you know, a good uh, chunk of weight and I became pretty fit. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I started getting a lot of attention in my own club <laughs> from other other men. <laughs> um, so I use that to my advantage and I decided to um, become, or I hired a manager and I became the life of the party. So then I started hosting the parties. And this is, was, this was like the, the high point of Lavish. Lavish was a nightclub. Okay. Um, so I did theme parties. I hired um, performers and drag queens from Toronto, and then I dressed the part as well. We did beach parties and jungle parties. Oh my God, and... how did I miss out on all? Of this? <laughs> oh, it was a lot of fun. Seriously. Yeah, a lot of fun. And then we opened um, a rooftop patio on top of the nightclub as well. So for yeah, that summer we were pretty pretty busy. So that led me down a path of just more partying, uh, more drinking. Um, and really, I didn't know at that time, but to kind of mask the, the feelings, the unresolved, um, uh, wounds I had from the breakup, um, with, you know, looking good, it helps, you know, it distracted me from those feelings and then partying and drinking and socializing. It really did, um, help me get to a better place. Um, but then that better place led me down a path of excessive consumption of, uh, alcohol stacked with. Uh, various drugs. And then I found myself just getting tired of the scene in London. So I started to come to Toronto to party and uh, did that for a few months and then ended up at an after hours uh, nightclub, morning club. (laughs) Yeah, Came out, uh, I don't know, 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. It was dead winter, freezing cold. Um, it was either lost or stolen, but my phone, no, I had my phone. My phone was dead. My keys were, were lost or stolen. My coat was in my car and I was outside by myself in the middle of winter. My party friends just disappeared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I, I was able to get someone to call CAA for me, got into my car and then that drive home, it, it just really sank. I'm like, I'm at my lowest point. Um, and something's got to shift, got to change. So that's when I decided I planted the seed that I needed to really focus on my inner world and not mask it with, you know, physical appearance and, you know, a strong social life, um, alcohol, fun. Not that there's anything wrong with fun, but when it's really distracting from a root 
wound. For sure. Um, I, I started to recognize that and just became more aware that I was running away from something. And in those moments, I didn't really know. I was just in it. Yes. I was just in the process. But For looking sure. back, it was an escape. <laughs> That's really powerful, though, that you were able to have that awareness, you know, and like really pull yourself out of it like you mm-hmm. you did that that's really powerful so mm-hmm. you need to really acknowledge yourself for that that's <laughs> Thank amazing you. Thank yeah you. so okay so you're at this turning point of like something has to shift here I know that you started getting into beach body and I I don't know if this is exactly when this shift happened so if you want to mm-hmm. kind of take me through there um you know what led you to that yeah. Um, I remember many years ago having a conversation with you and seeing you posting all this beach body stuff and transformation and building this business. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I feel like you just came out of nowhere with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's dive into that and like mm-hmm. where where that started to kind of show up for you. Mm-hmm. That came um, after the gym. So I had a small gym. It was an intimate gym, um, small group training, personal training, but then I wanted just a, a bigger reach. Um, and also their system with their, uh, their, their cups and it just really worked for me when I was introduced to it. Right. And I was drinking, um, the, the beach body shakes like daily for, for like a year. So then I started to promote it in my gym and live that lifestyle. But actually I stopped because my, my acne came back. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was able to, to rid of it for quite some good chunk of time uh, through healthy living, just eating whole foods. I don't think it's the specifically just Beachbody, but any powders for me. Like I've tried all across the board, protein powders, whether it's vegan, uh, dairy, fermented, Beachbody, any shakes. I just don't do well with shakes. Um, And it was very challenging and difficult because I felt like I built this up. I had a a team. uh, (laughs) I was like, I was living the lifestyle of like a beach body coach. Totally. (laughs) I I saw you (laughs) fully rocking it. Fully embodied. And uh, it was a difficult, but I, I, this is when I started to actually become just very intuitive with my own body. Started, you know, um, ignoring what the outside world was telling me, including my beach body coach and say, oh, no, it's not that. But like, no, I know this. Like right. I was able to get rid of it and now it came back. And the only thing new I introduced is this beach body shake. Yep. So um, I don't blame it on that shake because other people, you know, they're they're thriving on it, but for it was sure. not for me. So I, I have a lot of integrity with what I do. If I'm not drinking it, I'm not going to sell it. So I, I decided to, to let that go. And that happened to be around the same time as my brother's passing as well. He, he passed suddenly at the age of 27. And after a week of holding space and being the rock for my family, my mom, my sister, because they really needed it, um, it was it was my turn to heal. <laughs> I actually right. thought I was going to go back into the um, like the my gym and just start training the next day. The the funerals on Sunday. I'm like Monday. I'm ready to go. Like I got this. I always have it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I did <laughs> some psychedelics. <laughs> Oh, okay, so you did them like on um, yeah. that, that weekend? On that weekend, after the funeral was over, that, yeah, I went to the river, um, Thames River, <laughs> in Harris Park in London, mm-hmm. um, did some psychedelics, and all the emotions came gushing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not ready to to get back to work. I'm not ready for anything. I, I need to heal. I can't ignore these feelings anymore. And that's when I decided to to take a break. <laughs> Bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia and started my journey there. <laughs> Amazing. And so, you know, thanks so much for sharing about your brother. And, you know, I'm definitely, I, I'm certain that, you know, so many emotions and the hardship and everything your family had to go through. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's great that you were in a place to be able to hold space for them. Um, and that you were also able to recognize not to just jump right back into the work and, you know, Mm -hmm. do the actual inner work and really heal. So if you have animals, you have probably dealt with some messes around your house. 
when our dog has those moments of, well, puking on our very beautiful Moroccan wool rug, it is yellow bile and it is not easy to get out. I recently had to scrub out four spots on our Moroccan wool rug and I used the all-purpose cleaner from Branch Basics. It worked amazingly well and our carpet looks great. You wouldn't even know that there was four spots of yellow dog puke on our carpet. I love Branch Basics because they are plant and mineral based. They're fragrance free. They're super clean and they are on a mission to create healthy homes that are totally toxin free and they're pet safe. So being that I have two cats and a dog, I feel totally safe using the products around the house. And I know that it's not going to cause a problem or it's not going to expose us to chemicals that are going to impact our health and impact our hormones. If you'd like to get your hands on any products from Branch Basics, head on over to branchbasics.com forward slash wellness, witch. use the code wellness, witch at checkout, and that will save you 15% off. If you haven't tried their products before, I highly recommend their starter kit. It will give you everything that you need to get started to have a healthy home and to clean your kitchen, streak-free windows, bathroom cleaners, cleaning Moroccan wool rugs. Even the oxygen boost is amazing for cleaning your barbecue or your smoker. That's what Gaytan uses all the time and he loves it. So again, use the coupon code wellnesswitch at branchbasics.com forward slash wellnesswitch for 15% off. Did you know that there is a link between electrolytes and your mood and mental health? Take the link between sodium and depression, for instance. Research has shown that when rats are sodium restricted, they stop seeking pleasant stimulation. In other words, sodium deprived rats become depressed. And scientists have studied the relationship between magnesium and mood. Magnesium supplementation, as a matter of fact, is a promising therapy for both anxiety and depression. Now, of course, we know electrolytes aren't a cure-all for depression or anxiety and mental health, but we know that deficiencies can definitely play a role in our health. And if we are deficient in certain electrolytes, it can definitely impact our mood. So a simple fix is we can try some element electrolytes. They are my absolute favorite, lots of amazing flavors they have. And if you'd like to get your hands on a free sample pack to try out all their epic flavors, head on over to drinkelement.com forward slash wellness, switch. that link is D R I N K L M N T.com forward slash wellness, switch. try out their electrolytes today. They are very salty in case you've never tried them before, but they're meant to be that way. You get a real therapeutic dose of sodium, potassium, and magnesium. Check them out today. And I'd love to hear which is your favorite flavor. Okay. So there's a few things I feel like we're just skipping over here. Some big things. Um, so psychedelics, what, when you say that, were you doing mushrooms? Is that what you did? All kinds. So that day was LSD, which okay. comes from the ergot fungus. Yeah. Uh, but today I'm, I'm mostly uh, psilocybin. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so just to clarify, and then just going back to like your beach body success, like mm-hmm. guys, let me tell you, he wasn't just like <laughs> this under the radar coach. Like he, you were making a lot every month. Like let's, let's talk about the success that you had with that Mm -hmm. and that you just decided I'm letting this go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, that was difficult. Um, I feel like my, my business and my marketing background with nightclub, with, um, restaurant and even the gym as well. Cause I was a part of a mastermind group, a business mastermind for fitness entrepreneurs Right. Uh, his name's Bedros. Uh, I know Bedros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was with that group for a year. So I learned a lot. So mm-hmm. I did have a foundation uh, for for putting myself out there. So that contributed to my success um, with Beachbody. Um, but I know there's always something that was not in full alignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I was chasing. Um, the money for sure, because coming from the restaurant and nightclub industry, because I actually did sell, I sold uh, the the um, both of them to my aunt and uncle and then right. the nightclub to another owner who, who used to manage another bar. So going from that type of income <laughs> yes. to 
yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say like not livable, but it was it was not the same. It was not the same. Like I need a bigger reach. My gym is tiny; it can only fit fifteen people at a time. I, so Beachbody was kind of the answer. But um, yeah, the I feel like it became more about building the business, um, and um, that's when I started to feel disconnected from it. Even though I loved, I loved the programs uh, and yeah. I used them. They're just so easy and easy to follow. My position from helping people became to um, just like attracting people and clients and training other coaches, which was fun for a bit because it really uh, helped me strengthen my my skills in coaching and managing sure. people and marketing. But it's not really what I wanted to focus on. Um, because I, I knew people, they were struggling, like the coaches, they were struggling on a deeper level, mentally, emotionally. So what yeah. they needed was not to learn how to get more Beachbody clients to, to sign up under them. They need right. mental and emotional support. Um, and I did too. And that's what was missing from my coach. It was always sell, sell, sell. But I had these underlying emotional uh, wounds that were not addressed. And I feel like that's the root of many people's health and weight challenges and struggles totally so that contributed to to the deciding of letting go of um that path and it was it was it was very difficult very oh, I yeah bet. the the money the um is it notoriety notoriety or yep, just yep. yeah that uh the attention to <laughs> like i i was invited to these big beach body events where I was in front of, you know, large crowds and groups and it felt great. <laughs> For sure. It felt great, yeah. Until um, it didn't. Yeah. Until it didn't, yeah, yeah. Right. So those are the two main contributing factors that led to me deciding to move away um, from that. And actually, when I was on that journey, I was starting my internal journey. Um, it was the age of 27. I think it was right before my brother passed where I, I specifically remember the day telling one of my managers at my nightclub, I was 27. I had all this success, um, money, everything I wanted, you know, big car, nice, beautiful loft, but I was right. so unhappy. I still feel, um, felt unfulfilled, um, lingering health challenges still um, amidst, you know, amongst all the, the changes and lifestyle um, habits I adopted. There's still something missing and I knew I had to go in. <laughs> so I told him, I spent um, the the first after high school like decade building my external like architecture work. yes or, yeah my work building my outer world yeah um, but now I'm gonna f solely focus for the next ten years I'm 37 now so it's I just reached the 10 year mm -hmm. mark uh, fully build my internal world the way I want it. Um, and here I am today and it's how I want it. And that's how I want to feel internally and all the physical manifestations come with it as well, as far as financial, but I feel more whole, not completely. There's some missing elements. Of course. Yeah. As always, but yep. pretty whole and very aligned with my path. Um, very fulfilled, content with my life. Uh, so it's been, it's been great. Even after my, my, um, um, break up with my partner last year, I, I was terrified that I would go down in a big spiral. Yep. And I'm at I'm at a pr pretty good spot in my career right now in my in my work. And that didn't happen. Yeah. Because I have a strong foundation. I built yep. it up. Absolutely. Yeah. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. I love that. So just taking it back a little bit, you went and you traveled for, um, how, sorry, how long did you say? Two years, two and a half years? Two and a half years, traveled um, mostly abroad, but I came back for the summers to to visit family. But I actually just want to backtrack a little bit to when mm -hmm. I started doing the um, inner architect, that's when I dabbled into to microdosing with psychedelics. Awesome. Um, and I, I first heard about um, psychedelics through different podcasts with um, Tim Ferriss and Dave Asprey. Mm -hmm. uh, so just started following their work. It was kind of underground. You'd really have to search for it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Back back then. So I, I ordered, yeah, back then off the dark web. And I started to experiment um, with, with 
psychedelics, but I just wanted to plant that seed because we're going to come to psychedelics after. Totally. But yeah, I went on a big sabbatical, um, visiting family, traveling, getting out of my regular routine, which was, yeah, it was definitely needed. <laughs> yeah, because all the, um, when you're in a habitual pattern, it's like being, you know, on a, on a hamster wheel. You can't really change yes. your thoughts or anything. But when you're exposed to different cultures and a new way of being, living, your whole world gets shaken up or my whole world view gets shaken up. Mm-hmm. And during that time spent times in temples. So I did like Vipassanas where we would uh, just meditate in silence for 10 hours a day, uh, 10 days. It was intense. That is intense. That's really hard. (laughs) I'm like, I don't even know if I could do a three-day one because I know they offer three-day ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So what were Mm -hmm. some of your like biggest ahas and your biggest learnings from traveling for two and a half Mm -hmm. years? All right. So at the time I did not know, but now I know. <laughs> um, but during my travels, I was picking up different tools uh, like Vipassana type meditation. I did yoga teacher training, uh, meditation, breath work, pranayama, all sorts of trainings. And I was I was practicing, but I was still in. I would call it like a low grade depression now after my brother passed just for sure. Yeah, um, low-grade depression. I was practicing these tools. Nothing was really shifting or changing. And it wasn't until I moved down to um, Peru. So I I made it down to Peru as a guest um, at an ayahuasca retreat center. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I did a whole retreat style. Before that, I did um, two ceremonies, but it was just... uh, an isolated ceremony, but I did a whole immersion for three weeks at a center in um, in Peru. Big catalyst. A lot came up. Um, sure. Old trauma, old memories that I didn't even know was there. Um, and because I didn't have a solid foundation at that time, I really struggled. I was not in a good headspace, but I kept leaning into the tools. I'm like, you know what? Just follow these tools. And it just got me through every step of the way. So after that chapter in Peru, I came back to Toronto, London, Toronto. And then I did a Vipassana just to kind of get grounded and fill my cup because I did feel really depleted and kind of disoriented. So no medicine. I did Vipassana and came out of it um, with, with a bit of new life, new energy to kind of go on. But I felt like I was an empty vessel. Um, I cleared so much out and I had, I had nothing. I really didn't know who I was. I didn't have an identity and that got me into a deeper depression, into a little hole. Um, I I started to have the self-talk. I'm like, if I am no one (laughs) on this empty vessel, I don't really even feel anymore. Like what's the point of being on this earth? So that, um, I, I went down that path mentally until I hit the bottom and I got really scared and I was really close to wanting to take my life. But then I decided to tell, um, my friend, I think you might know him, Colin Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, in London as well. And then I told my uncle, my sister, my parents, um, so they were able to kind of hold that with me. Great. But just that acknowledgement alone. I was able to go on again. And this is when I really connected to my inner voice and decided that I'm going to use all these tools I learned to craft a brand new life um, by my design. And that's when everything kind of just shifted. So I started to reuse these tools, but not to heal, but to build. (laughs) So I I feel like that's the the biggest lesson or tool that, yeah, I've, I've discovered Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Now, when you say you were on like a three week, like retreat, mm-hmm. was that specifically just with ayahuasca? Yeah, yeah, oh, ayahuasca. Man. I couldn't yeah. imagine. That for <laughs> it was weeks. it's very challenging. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was in between my my work um, shift as well because I also facilitated down south. Um, I was at another retreat center. They did recognize I had some skills in you know the meditation yoga world. 
Um, so they thought I would be a good facilitator. So I, I actually became a facilitator there. They they trained me, and I had a um, yeah I had a month off and I decided to go do my own work. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was a lot holding space, facilitating for other people, and then doing my own work, um, and also absorbing the energy and the stories. Oh, I didn't I didn't know how to clear it from my system because once you hear the stuff, you you become it as well. Yeah. Well, at yeah. least for me um, at that time, especially under psychedelics, we're, we're more plastic, like we're just easily moldable. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so when I just want to like have more clarity on this, probably just for my own selfish mm-hmm. reasons, like how much over a three-week period, how often are you doing ayahuasca okay there, there are spaces so it's every three days every yeah, three days every okay. three days but it's still a lot yeah it is after, oh, God. after like three or four ceremonies because the medicine is still circulating like yes. the previous yes um i i i didn't know left from right i didn't know who it was i was broken down completely um it's not a path i think many people can endure and come out of it Um, And I know that for a fact because I've seen it. But I feel like because I had the tools to lean into um, and my own spiritual practice uh, and a lot of deep faith in it, I was able to get myself out. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is great. Which is great. And then Mm -hmm. also just going back to, you know, when you felt like you wanted to take your life, I'm Mm -hmm. so happy to hear that you reached out and you Mm -hmm. got support and, you know, you connected and, and you had you had family and friends to be able to really help lift you out of that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thankful for mm-hmm. you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So talking about psychedelics, mm-hmm. so you did LSD and then when you left and you were traveling during your travels, was that when you were doing some microdosing or like what, when did that really start? Oh, okay. No, um, microdosing was, um, probably around the same time as Beachbody. Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably around the same time as Beachbody. Uh, LSD was my last like big dose before I went traveling. And when I was traveling, I didn't do any medicine work, no microdosing. Um, microdosing was for me at that time to just enhance creativity, mm-hmm. mostly for, for creativity. It wasn't for uh, any deep healing. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. So then you had all these amazing tools mm-hmm. to really, you know, put into your own practice and really create something new, which is what you've, which is what you've done and really like reinvent yourself, which is amazing. And all these amazing pivots that you've had in your life. And this is why I really wanted to share your story today, because I think it's so it's powerful. And I know that there are a lot of people feeling stuck and there's always this opportunity to reinvent yourself. And I always know that the deeper I go internally and do that internal work, I, mm-hmm. I come out of it with this like new energy and like this new creativity. And I can see what this reinvention might look like. And, you know, if, if you can relate to that. So that's why I really wanted to, to have you share your story <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, I know that um, you've just been through so much reinvention and it's a, it's powerful to hear how somebody else can do that and go through all these different lifetimes um, and really come out of it on the other end being, you know, really powerful and really grounded. So, so you've taken all these tools and, and now what, like, what are you actually doing with all these tools? How have you started to integrate them and create essentially like a new business? Mm-hmm. It's still evolving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have an idea of where I'm going, but I'm going to allow it to unfold on its own. But when I moved to Toronto, I just went through my tool belt and decided, okay, what do I want to to use um, of what I know to, to kind of help people? And it was Thai massage. So that was the very first thing when I moved to tr- Toronto. I marketed myself as a Thai massage therapist because I, I did my training. This. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Wat Po. Wat Po is like the original Thai massage school. So a year of that, and then I um, I signed up a couple of like bigger packages uh, with women because I actually had a, a business coach to help kind of um, build the package as well. So I sold a couple of packages, and I was giving her uh, the treatments to help with fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't it, it provided a little bit of relief, but it wasn't really going away. Uh, and after a few sessions, I decided, okay, there's there's got to be something else I can uh, utilize 
and it was breath work. It was breath work. So I took her through um, a, an hour guided breath work, which gets uh, you into a paras- or sorry, not parasympathetic, a sympathetic state. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into a sympathetic state, the default mode network, similar to psychedelics, just our regular way of thinking slows down a little bit and all the emotions, memories can surface. And that's what happened to her. She screamed, she cried, and she came out of it. And it unlocked a whole story that I did not know about that she was holding on in her body. Wow. And it was um, from sexual abuse. Yeah. So that was a, a, you know, a contributing factor, a huge contributing factor of why um, she had these symptoms. Um, So we did another breath work and she slowly started to have just have more ease in her body. And then after her um, session was complete, she made a whole lifestyle change. Just a whole, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was really beautiful. Um, her journey was not complete there. Definitely a lot of things. But now she had all the tools. So I, I drew in, you know, nutrition. I drew in breath work, pranayama, and gave her all the tools to continue her journey. So that began my path from... Thai massage into breath work. Awesome. And then once the lockdown happened, uh, I, I don't even know when now. <laughs> I think it was like March 20, March 20-ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 2020. I couldn't practice for a few months because we were locked down. So I decided to lead and guide online breath work. Uh, so I did that for a year. It went from once a month to weekly and just built up a lot of people who just loved my work, who trusted me. And after we were able to open back up, uh, I just had a whole new <laughs> set of clients that came from, well, not came from nowhere, but from my breath work, from my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got it for free weekly. And That's amazing. So you mm-hmm. offered them for free every single week. Yeah, yeah. Just by donation. Yeah, donation. Yeah. But it was free. And then uh, during the the lockdown as well, I did I decided to revisit uh, psychedelics. So I was gifted um, some psilocybin. I did a dose myself and got a lot of insight, a lot of clarity. Took action on it. Uh, integration mm-hmm. is very important. Very important. <laughs> yep. And when I when I feel and I see something that works for me, I have to share it. That's it. That's just me. So I hosted a little group for my friends. And then they received a lot of benefits. They started telling their friends. So then I decided to take the leap um, and host public ceremonies. And now I think we're like two years in. Yeah, two. It's like my full time. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. Love that so much. Okay. So tell us what that actually looks like. So if somebody's going to come attend you know, these ceremonies, like mm-hmm. what, what does it actually look like? Yeah. Preparation before anything. So each person gets a, a workbook um, and it gives them all the tools that they need to go into the ceremony. Also just the tools for everyday life. That includes nutrition, just, you know, removing processed foods, sticking to whole foods, um, breath work, how to breathe properly, you know, diaphragmatic breathing, yep. cleaning up their space as well. Just very simple, practical things. So they come home to a clean, serene home. Yeah. Building a strong support, uh, foundation of friends, family, community for them to lean into. And just a lot of resources too, not only with myself, but other people I know in this community. Um, So really preparing them because it is a big, big uh, catalyst, especially for the first time for somebody. Um, so on the day of, uh, we spend a good hour uh, talking about their intentions, what led them to this place, questions they want answered, and then once uh, they consume the medicine, I guide the, the ceremony. There's, um, it can go in many directions, but it always starts off with my sound instruments. Um, and this helps to kind of shake up the, the energy, to kind of move the energy, uh, dislodge. Yep. The second portion of the journey, it's... It's done to a musical score, which takes people on an emotional roller coaster, I call it, into grief, into anger, into sadness, but also bliss and 
happiness as well. Um, and then in a private journey, we do a body work integration to help ground them back into their bodies. And I work into, you know, the fascia to help kind of release any, you know, old emotions or memories yeah. as we store it in our bodies. And then um, just a time for reflection. And then a couple of days later, we'll do an integration call. Um, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, it's hard to encapsulate what they actually go through. Of it's, course. There's so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, it is a really big catalyst. It just allows people to see themselves from a different perspective. It allows their egoic mind to slow down, to even like completely shut off <laughs> um, where old memories, thoughts, emotions can come through and a deeper connection to their inner voice as well. So part of the integration process is um, me reflecting to them that they can trust their inner voices because many people that come out of it have the answers, but they still don't trust it. So I just reflect back. That is the answer. It came from you. Now just apply it. Trust yourself because the answers are within. The mushrooms just dissolve our egoic mind to allow these answers to come through. Mm, I love that so much. And it's so true. So... For somebody that is like, oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't do psychedelics. Like that, those are that's drugs. I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. You know, what do you say to someone who's thinking that? I never convince anybody, but I do share my 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 true thoughts. It's medicine of the earth. This came from the earth. Um, there's a theory that people are working on. I don't know if it's true or not, where you know, mammals and monkeys, you know, consume psilocybin and it helped the evolution to where we are today. But I just tell people to do their own research. It's been around for for many years, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> way back um, the indigenous folks used to use it for, for healing ceremonies like the Mazatecs in, in Mexico. And right. um, they come from earth. I call it earth medicine, not here to harm us, but just to, to help us. That carries a lot of wisdom. But at the end of the day, yeah, I, I never even try to convince people they, they sure. really have to be ready for it yes yeah yeah, yeah. they have to be called to it i mean i mm -hmm. it's the same thing with ayahuasca like for probably over 10 years i had friends asking me to go to ceremony come to mm -hmm. ceremony come and you know and i was like no doesn't interest me yeah and then it was mm -hmm. you know two years ago where i was like oh yes like that was a hell yes you know mm -hmm. such a deep body yes i felt very called to it and it, it took a long time for me to get to that point yeah so I feel like you do have to feel really called to it for sure. Mm -hmm. So when, let's talk about dosing for a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously it's very different based on mm -hmm. body weight and somebody's first time or whatnot. Where, what do you do in terms of dosing? Yeah. And what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. One thing I would like to share as well that just dropped in the set and the setting. Because in, yes. in the past, but even now, and there's nothing wrong with it, Psilocybin has been used in a recreational setting, Correct. Um, but this is being used in a therapeutic setting, in a, in a ceremonial set and setting, which is completely different. Yeah, very <laughs> completely, different. Very different, yeah. yeah. Yes, thanks for mentioning that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think when, you know, my husband and I share with people that, mm -hmm. oh, we did mushrooms on the weekend, they're just like, oh, okay, like you, you got high kind of thing, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, no, that's that's not what it was used for. <laughs> the intention of yeah. setting the space and setting intentions mm -hmm. and the music and mm -hmm. just all of that, right? Like it all is really, really important having like a sleep mask on and really sit, like you just said, being there for like a real therapeutic healing yeah. ceremony, not, I'm not sitting there like getting high as some mm -hmm. people might mm -hmm. think <laughs> if they're unfamiliar with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, as far as dosing, my, my most uh, common dose for ceremonies is a high dose. Um, and a high dose, it really depends on the strain, but it's anywhere from uh, two and a half to four grams. Heroic dose, Terrence McKenna coined that term. Yes. Four to five grams. And then for people who are not ready or just dipping their toes in, I also offer the medium dose, which is... Um, usually between uh, two, two and three grams. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I've been around the mm -hmm. two, two and a half. Yeah. Gram but dip. sometimes, um, uh, you know, the, the medium dose is enough for what people need. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's amazing. And so who do you feel can really benefit from, you know, coming to your ceremonies and really going through this experience with mm-hmm. all of it, with the breath work and the psychedelics? Like who can really benefit from that? I feel like the people that come to me, they've mentioned, they've tried many things, <laughs> uh, many, many things. And this is not a last resort, but this is the next step to take it. And I feel like people that already have a strong practice in self-awareness, in meditation, and utilizing all like the sacred tools um, for like holistic tools for, for inner well-being. Right. I tend to draw those types of people. Um, yeah, yeah. And they can benefit from it because they'll get the most out of it because they can learn how to be the watcher of their thoughts. Mm-hmm. They can learn to trust and surrender, access to breath if they get into challenging head spaces. And it'll just reveal what they really need to see. And if someone doesn't have a practice, I prepare them as well. So I right. feel like anybody who is is ready to see themselves from a different perspective and to face their shadows, parts of themselves they've been, you know, <laughs> carefully storing away, uh, protecting, and they're ready to face it, uh, they would really benefit from this. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with mm-hmm. us today and sharing all of that. Where can our audience find you and connect with you. My website has a lot of great information, www.edditoni.com, E-D-D-Y-T-O-N-Y.com. Awesome. And then you're also on Instagram. You post some really great Yeah, like, Instagram, at Eddie Tony. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. You can find a lot of my, my work there as well. Amazing. Well, that was beautiful. Thank you so much, Eddie, for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Samantha. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks everyone for being with us today. If you feel compelled to share this with any friends and family, we would absolutely love it. And if you haven't left us a review or a five-star rating over on Apple iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. And I say we, because there is a big team that goes behind putting this all together. And it would mean so much if you can support our podcast. If you'd like to connect with Eddie, you can do so over on Instagram at Eddie Tony. You can also head on over to his website, eddietony.com. Thanks for being with us today. I will chat with you all next week. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for being with me today. If there's anybody that you know that can benefit from today's episode, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I'll connect with you next week.